1: What's going on, guys? Welcome to another episode of Peer Pleasure with Dewey Halpas. I am Dewey, your host with the most, bringing you more great content week after week. This week was a big one, guys. This is one that came out of nowhere, and I'm super stoked to bring this one to you. Uh, I got an email asking if I would have this guest on the show. I said, absolutely. Um, They said they were stoked. I was stoked. We made it happen. Uh, Yeah, here we go. Kat Von D., I know a lot of you guys know her from Miami Inc. and L.A. Inc. Um, a lot of you know her from uh, just being a, a public figure, um, a social media influencer, makeup uh, makeup line owner, um, which I believe she's sold now. And now she's living, I believe, in Indiana and uh, starting a new life out there with her family and is doing music. Um, been doing music for a long time. She was a classically trained piano pianist. And uh, we talk a little bit about that. We talk about uh, her music career. We talk about this new record she has coming out. She has some really fascinating music that really creates a vibe and kind of like everything she does, it all creates a vibe. So I was stoked to have her on. I said, absolutely, let's do this. And we got it done. So thank you to Kat for coming on. And uh, I think you guys are really going to enjoy this one. Let's uh, get some business out of the way and we'll jump right in. Peerpleasurepodcast.com is the website. Peerpleasurepod at gmail.com is email if you want to get in touch with me with guest ideas or questions or comments. We also have the Peer Pleasure Podcast Inner Circle Facebook group. We also have the premium service, which is peerpleasure.supportingcast.fm. There you'll find the videos of the old episodes. You'll also find the ad-free feed as well as the past casts that I do with other podcasters about their favorite episodes of the show. Uh, if you want to support us in other ways, you can leave us a rating and review. Uh, iTunes lets you write a review. I think Spotify just gives you a star rating. Go ahead and do that. If this is your first time listening to the show, jump back through, and there's a 350, literally 350 other episodes I think you will all enjoy, at least some of them. Um, there's a little something for everybody on this show, which I really try to curate because I want it to be timeless. Uh, when I'm gone, I want it to continue uh, to provide people with entertainment and things to get through their day with uh, real conversations with great people. So um, I think we've done that over the last seven years and are continuing to do so. So I appreciate you guys coming back week after week, uh, day after day, whatever it is when you're binging this thing. Um, Really appreciate it. All right. Without further ado, let's get into my conversation with Kat Von D. Well, Welcome to the show. Thanks for doing this. This is awesome. Um, it's great to have you on. Um, uh, I'm trying to think the first time I saw what you do, and I, I believe it was on TV, it, it had wow. to be either Miami Inc. or LA Inc. And I think, did you do a tattoo on Tim Lambesis mm-hmm. from Esley Dying? Mm-mm. I don't think okay. so. I thought there was some kind of, it, there was somebody from one of those bands. I think it was on YouTube, I caught a clip of it, um, like a leg tattoo or something. And I was like, well, this is cool. And then I started watching the show. Um, And that was that would think that was the the first time I heard about what you do. Um, So that was my intro to you. It's funny, I don't do like a ton of um, a lot of podcasts do like a bunch of research and do like, like kind of get in the zone for who they're going to talk to. I like to things just come naturally. But randomly today, Uh you know, Toby Morse, I'm guessing.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, I was listening to his show with Travis Barker and he Uh randomly asked Travis Barker if someone, uh, if he's tattooed his butt yet. Uh And he said, no. And he's like, oh man, it's awful. It's, it hurts so bad. I had Kat Bondi do mine. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was so random and hilarious because like in two hours we're going to get on the podcast that randomly it comes up that way. Anyways, I thought that was a funny little, uh,
2: Yeah, I think uh, we did a portrait of prince on his
1: butt. (laughs) (laughs) That's incredible. That's incredible. Uh, So you've got new music coming out, Mm -hmm. um, which is awesome, by the way. And I went back through the catalog um, after Bob sent me the the vampire love video. And I had it going in my truck with my daughter and my son. And they dug it, too, which is awesome. Awesome. They're 10 and 12 and uh, fascinated by music. Um, I, I come from the touring world as well. I've been out of music since 2007, but um very familiar with the life. But where did music start for you then? Early? Yeah, ed- um,
2: yeah I started I mean, I, I was playing the piano when I was five years old, like my mother, my grandmother was a pianist, and she uh, classically trained my siblings and I since I was five. And so um, she was like a strict German woman, so it was pretty hardcore. <laughs> so I learned how to like, you know, read sheet, sheet music and basically play all the classical stuff like Beethoven, Mozart, Japan, that kind of thing. And, Excellent. um, so I've always, I've always loved music, but, uh, and then, and then it wasn't until, uh, um, I don't even know how long ago it was when I started writing like, like I guess, contemporary, like non-classical music, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, it was right before my first album came out.
0: Okay.
2: Yeah. How did you and take, I think, you know, to... like, I love, I love all kinds of genres of music. Um, I've been around so many, you know, so much like the metal scene and things like that for years. Mm-hmm. But I, to me, I've always loved like analog synth sounds. So I love the sounds of the eighties, you know, a lot of the pure Depeche Mode, that kind of stuff.
1: Yeah. That stuff always has such a vibe. Like it's, it's always, yeah. there's a mood set by it. I mean, metal yeah. has a mood, but that stuff has such a mood have you heard billy Howardell's record he put out like yeah 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 he's a he's a friend of mine too he's cool he's super talented yeah i love billy just had that vibe like it brought me back to that same time like same with yours like it brought me back you know to a different place (laughs) yeah Yeah. well nostalgic but also there's a lot of innovation in it as well like it wasn't like a like a throwback necessarily like it's a progression i feel like it was really uh I think that's why my kids dug it too because it was super like yeah. there, there's it's it's got depth to it and a feel um which is huge for my son he's big on on feel with music that's more cool. so than the songs so it, when he latches to something i know there's something there because he really yeah. um he's autistic so he's got like he listens to music in a very different way than yeah uh, sure than uh, what will i do anyway but um anyways that part is awesome but like with when you were learning piano was that something that you really took to or did you kind of hate having to do it? Like a lot of people, I mean, people go both ways on that when they're young being taught. Yeah. I
2: mean, I think, you know, when you're young, like a little kid, the last thing you want to do is practice piano for, you know, two hours a day. But uh, now I'm just so grateful that my parents were such disciplinary type parents because, you know, I wouldn't really be here if it wasn't for that um, or doing what I do now. But yeah, so I think, I think uh, like, even with now that I have a son, it's like, I'm going to probably enforce some, some disciplinary, you know, approach to music in the beginning. And then whatever he ends up gravitating towards, like, give him more of that, you know? Yeah. Because uh, in the beginning, I think children, like, we just want to eat candy and like, whatever, <laughs> like, I don't play hopscotch. I don't know what kids are doing now.
1: <laughs> <laughs> they were for sure back then. I don't yeah. know. Now it's in, Pokemon what in the
2: Go and,
1: and all sorts of other <laughs> stuff, you know? <laughs> yeah crafting hopefully doing something without a screen uh yeah but so you i like that approach i was the same way i, I never forced guitar or anything on kids I just kind of yeah. let them find it I think randomly my daughter once was like i think i want a ukulele for christmas it's like okay. sweet here you go yeah like go yeah be be who you well,
2: are you're you're also in the, the music world so i'm sure that you have that around your kids like with my son yeah. leo Like he's, he's around musicians all day long, like going on tour is very normal for him. And, um, and playing instruments is very normal. Like he was there during, you know, we had our our own studio when I was producing the new album. So, you know, we would work from nine to five every weekday and my son would come in and he understands like what, like how to make beats and how to, you know, find little sounds and stuff. So it's, it's cool. Like we ended up, there's this company called, um, Blip box, and they make like synthesizers for little kids, and really? so we up him one, and, and it's cool because it's got like a MIDI output, so you could actually like record it. And we we tried for a few things, but you know, my son's all over the place. He's not um Beethoven status yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I yeah. feel like if you if you surround your kids with that stuff, it's it's probably gonna be like they're gonna naturally gravitate towards that. Or who yeah. knows, he'll probably end up being a jock or something. <laughs> I was going to
1: say it can go, it can backfire for sure. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know, like a lot of times. But I feel like as as kids, we we see what our parents do. We think it's cool. Then we think it's not cool. Or we we don't like the way they do things. We fight against it. We go off on our own, do our own thing. And a lot of times circle back to where it all started. Yeah. Good or bad. Um so maybe maybe he will be a jock but then he'll get back into music maybe Yeah. who knows music. you know I mean yeah. what's if his I'll path? happy I'll, I'll be happy <laughs> Exactly you never know their path and you never know what's going to happen and and that's kind of the magic yeah. of having kids is is watching them explore the world and figure things out and try to keep as much of your stuff out of the like you know trauma and and uh, yeah you know, all the bad stuff away from them as much as you can, but we always end up putting something on them. It's just always yeah. there. I feel, um, you, you, okay. So you said, so Bob, Bob only sent me the the video for Vampire okay. Level. You have a whole new record finished.
2: Yeah. Yeah. We're going to be releasing three more singles before the final album in um, in the first quarter of 2024. Okay. So, um, we're going to skip November and December just cause you know, there's like the holidays and everything. Yeah. And then start doing like three, three more singles before the, the album comes out starting January.
1: Okay. Yeah. How did, how did this record come about? Like, how did, how did it, I mean, I know you're, you, you, uh, put out the record in 2021, but like,
2: yeah, so this is my second album that will yeah. be coming out. It's going to be called, uh, my side of the mountain. And, um, you know, I just, like I said, like, I'm, I'm in love with like the, the analog synth sound of the 80s, but Obviously, giving it a more modern approach um, to some of the sound designs uh, for this album. But I'm excited because it's a, it's a lot darker than the first album. I love the first album. I think it's cool. Um, but I, vocally, I really pushed myself on the second album. And then I think just um, as far as the sounds go, like we really pushed ourselves to make things a little darker.
1: Yeah. Okay. Because that's one thing I i love about your music as well as the versatility your voice has. Like you can go all over the place. Like it, it can be super brooding. It can be super high. It can be uh, there's little things like little inflections, too. Like there's there's it's like um, I'm trying to think of the right word for it. And it's not necessarily attitude, but like there's this yeah. kind of uh, like there's a little bravado a little bit in vampire oh. love. Yeah, it's yeah. just like the yeah like that
0: little yeah, stuff, yeah. Like
1: those little things yeah. that's what i gravitate towards because it, like, it jumps out at me yeah and, i'm glad uh, that you noticed those things i because <laughs> i could, i loved it I was like just like there you go like having fun yeah. with it still because yeah like, was like, cool
2: like a little bit more of a disco jam in a sense like you know to be very dancey um um uh, you know like a goth approach to that but uh so i i, I definitely did try to like become more of a character in, in that vocal delivery than in other songs. But, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I love that song. I think it's, it's a fun song to to
1: dance to, to drive to all of it. Do you remember the first kind of, um, the first stuff you heard that kind of set you on your path as far as what you liked with music and kind of, or was there one certain moment?
2: Yeah. I mean, I got into like, I think like my first, um, you know, passion for music was when I discovered punk rock music and Mm -hmm. my first record was a, was a, um, plasmatics record. And, um, you know, I, it's obviously not where I landed, you know, like Mm -hmm. after that, I kind of graduated more towards metal. Like I loved the, more of the technical aspect of the musical aspect of metal. Like the, 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 the vocals were, you know, much more, um, operatic and the, um, the instruments like are just more technically more savvy than like power chords <laughs> mm-hmm. so i i did kind of drift away from i still appreciate punk rock music but i wouldn't say i listen to it anymore um and and then after that you know like kind of discovering post-punk that's kind of like where my heart really sat you know i think like the cure was a huge part of that um I you know i'm a hopeless romantic so i tend to gravitate towards lyrics a lot and I love anything that can translate into like a tattoo. I feel like you could take any cure lyric and get it tattooed and it looks beautiful.
1: <laughs> oh, absolutely. I love yeah. the cure. I love yeah. the cure. Um, one thing that's kind of like sticking out to me here. So like your tattoo style is very detailed and very, very um, intricate, detailed, like, like photographs and, and likenesses and yeah. things like that. I love realism.
0: Yeah.
1: Realism. Yes. And, being attracted to like the technicality of metal, like mm-hmm. like the the versus like punk rock that like we we're talking about. Yeah, is there? Do you feel there's a reason you're attracted to things that are difficult like that? Like like yeah, more so than more, simplicity.
2: I think the metal thing is probably more a connection to like my classical upbringing because mm-hmm. like the scales on you know a classical piece is very similar to like a guitar riff on you know a Slayer song. So mm-hmm. it's that's probably where that that connection would be
1: um okay
2: i wouldn't necessarily connect it to tattooing though
1: well i, I guess I, what, what i mean is like the the like, so I like people to make things
2: harder for myself yeah <laughs>
1: yeah no, yeah kind of like or or more intricate like the challenge of, yeah. of having something that's incredibly like i don't know a ton about the tattoo world but i would anticipate there's not a there's a lot more people that would do like flash art and things like that versus People that specialize in what you do, which is so especially on skin. And mm-hmm. maybe that's just me being an amateur with this part of it, because I've never tattooed. I don't have any tattoos. I love tattoos, um, but I have a thing with symmetry. I can't all my artwork has to be symmetrical and I, do, yeah. I can't figure out a way to start in the middle and work the way out and have yeah. things. Anyways, it's a weird quirk of mine.
0: Yeah,
1: but what I guess what I'm getting at is like
2: I think with tattooing, you know, every every genre or s- style takes a certain form of mastery with that's involved within that. You know, it can be anything from solid black work. Like not everybody can do it. There's you know, it takes a certain amount of hours put into like mastering that aspect of tattooing. Same with portraits. Same with traditional. All of it. I think so. I think it's different. I think for me, music though, I do get excited with things that I. Um, you know, that, I guess it's kind of like magic, you know, we like to we like to be in a state of wonderment and um we want to, sometimes we don't understand how things can be done, but we know they are, you know? So it's like, like the Mars Volta, for example, is like one of my favorite bands and mm-hmm. it's definitely, they're definitely my favorite band to see live. And I think a lot of that has to do with just how excellent and above average they all the players are, you know, because in reality, like we, I personally, I want to see, a superhero on stage, I don't want to see, like, I don't want to celebrate mediocrity, you know? Mm-hmm. So I feel like when I see somebody who's just beyond excellent, it's like exciting and thrilling for me. It's like, how do they do that? I mean, I know that I know how they're doing it, but I don't know how they're
1: doing it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. They, they have a lot of improv as well, which mm-hmm. is also makes it exciting because the improvs almost as, as crazy as the songs themselves. Hmm. Um, my friend Juan played bass with them for a long time and, and oh, cool. he like he, one of the best bass players I've ever seen, but that band is, is, uh, is something else. And a lot of times they just start, it's going to start like this and end like that. And everything in the middle is just magic. That's cool. Which is funny because it's already magic. Yeah. Taking magic and adding to it, you know, and, and I love that you say magic of music because it's something that can't be seen. It's just felt it's in the air. It's, you know, it's so incredible. The, the, the power it has. You know um the power it can it can it can soothe you it can make you upset it can it can uh you know um dull your conscience it can heighten your conscience like it's one of the purest forms of expression that i know of like it's yeah. it's something it touches you when it touches you and it never lets you go yeah like, you have it forever like you, you and it, it predates language it, you can go to any country in the world and communicate. It's so incredible. Um, You know, I talk about all the time on the show that our bodies are instruments, our heartbeat, our breathing. We are a walking instrument. And I feel like that's where most of it came from is just getting expressing those sounds and feelings with other sounds, you know, recreating them like cave drawings and things like that. But um, there's just a huge magic there. The one thing though, creating a mood like you do, like the cure does, like that's something special. That's something you can't really learn. Like it's something you either have or you don't like it's, it, I feel, um, mm-hmm. and I really, I really find that in what you do, uh, oh, is thanks. creating the mood, you know, like you go to a cure show and you can just kind of just fall apart. Yeah. And, and some of it's very simple. Yeah. It's just done in a pure way. Yeah. You know, um, there's something about that the simplicity to that, that, that um, also ties back to like the intricacies of metal and things like that, the best of both worlds. And I feel that's what you're doing is you, you have the technical parts, you have the parts that are meant to be open and kind of play to the space. Um, It's excellent. Um, One thing I did want to talk to you about though, just on a, on a human level is being a tattoo artist for so long and tattooing people's memories like uh loved ones lost loved ones um how do you process i guess i talk a lot about um uh vicarious trauma which is basically Mm -hmm. like taking other people's events that happen hearing about them like through the podcast even like hundreds of episodes of of hearing like good and awful things you kind of carry it with you how do you process Almost being a therapist of of sorts, without the training, and and processing those events, processing those stories that you hear during those hours and hours and hours of tattooing somebody, um, how do you deal with that kind of stuff? Like, are you able to put it away? Are you able to?
0: Yeah, I
2: mean, you know, I used to think it? about I used to think about all this stuff all the time. I mean, I, I ended up writing a book about it just because at one at one point it was becoming um, you know, a lot to take on, especially like, I I consider myself to be a good listener. Um, you know, I think that's, that in itself is an art form, but, uh, but I think I just had so much practice with all the people that I would meet throughout the years. And, you know, you, you get to spend time like very, very close and intimate hours with strangers that come with their whole set of, um, experiences and, um, their suffering and their, their joys too. And it's like, I don't know, it's I've always thought it was really cool that people felt comfortable sharing stuff with me. Um, I know that a lot of tattooers don't like that. Like they don't, they didn't sign up to be a therapist. So they, you know, they get turned off by that part of the experience, but I personally love it. And, um, I feel like I was, um, kind of made made for that in a way. And, but, the, but like you said, that it is a lot to take on. And, um, I found that I ended up having to do a lot of writing. Like I started, journaling a lot. Like, I don't want to say journaling. I was just kind of documenting as the days would go and I would tattoo somebody with an intense story and then I would write about it. And then I could, it was kind of like a ritual where I could just walk away from it. Like I was processing through writing and then I could let it go. Um, But then there's some stuff that I don't think is supposed to be, um, you know, it stays with you forever. I, I mean, I still have like stories of people that, you know, still, make me want to cry or, um, or inspire me to be a better person. You know, it's, um, that's the beauty of of human interactions, right?
1: (laughs) Of course. That's the point. Mm -hmm. That's the whole point I feel (laughs) is to, is to interact that way. Like we all have something to give. Everyone's an expert at something. Um, and everyone's important and it's, uh, and everyone's story is, is as different as they are. There's so many similarities. Is that something you notice too, like through the podcasting thing? there's all sorts of like tweaks and things of of common themes, but there's a real big thread that goes through everybody. And I notice that more and more as the years go. I'm doing this seven years now. I notice it more and more, this thread yeah. that you can just weave everyone, to, that everyone's connected in so many more ways than they understand. Um, do you find the same thing like going through like kind of the over, like the the bird's eye view of all these stories where you can yeah. really I mean, humanity is there, but like, of course, there's extremes of both. Um, but you find the same thing?
2: Yeah, I would most definitely. Yeah. I mean, that's just, you know, we're always going to have more in common than we we assume, you know?
1: Mm-hmm. Because yeah. it's something that I struggled with for a long time was just, I was having like anxiety attacks and things like that, whereas it it's like, I'd finish like a, a day in the studio and I'd go home, or I'd have to just kind of lay down for a minute and just kind of like yeah, some of wine. the really heavy stuff and just, yeah, just process it. Writing it yeah. down is a great thing. I, yeah, I, maybe I'll try doing that because, <laughs> yeah, and then you can make a book out of it. <laughs> you know, sure. And, uh, but get it out, you know, and get it, yeah. and just flush it, you know, um, because it will, it sticks to you like Velcro. Yeah. And it's crazy how many stories you can carry around with you. Um, but that's something I was really curious about with you is, is being in that chair for so long and just hearing these things. Yeah,
2: and, I, I personally loved it. You know, I love, like, I feel like I made friends from everybody that I've ever tattooed and, um, you know, they've impacted me probably more than they even know. You know, it's, yeah. it's pretty awesome.
1: Do you feel like you were pre you said you felt like you were meant for that? Do you remember like being like the person your friends would talk to at younger age and things like that, or like the p- person people would come to?
2: Um, Are you more on your own? No, I think I honestly think it was like a learned process for me. Like I actually read a lot of books on like how to talk about death and like with people and Mm -hmm. or like what the bereavement process is for you know those who've lost um, their loved ones, like like I I had a whole library of just all <laughs> death related books and how to talk to people. I think that death is like something that's very hard for a lot of people, especially in Western culture to talk about, like they don't know what to say and they usually do say the wrong thing. Like, you know, um, this two shall pass, doesn't cut it most of the time or, mm. or, you know, they just don't know how, how to actually just like be there for somebody, you know, but it's yeah. cause we don't practice it, you know? So it's like, I think, um, mm. I don't know. Um, and it's something that we all have in common, you know, we're all gonna, we all, we've all had some sort of experience with death, um, whether it's around somebody around us or our own life being, you know, ticking away. And, um, yeah, but I've, I've just never been afraid to, 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 I guess, learn about somebody or, you know,
0: Mm.
2: I, I generally do have an interest in people and like what they're, what their deal is (laughs) and there's some people just um you know like the ones that ask you how you're doing but they're just waiting for their turn to talk it's like I've never felt that way so I don't know
1: that's uh, that's something that's very dear to me is that that right there is someone waiting for their turn to talk instead of listening is is yeah is uh, a very prevalent thing nowadays and uh my, that maybe go back. My mom used to say that to me all the time. This too shall pass. She used to yeah. she used to say that to me whenever I was sick. That's or true. I mean it like always it,
2: it is true. It's just I think when you know you've like lost a loved one, it just doesn't really necessarily help sometimes.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. And uh she would say it for everything. So it just kind of lost its luster, I guess, yeah, yeah. over time. But uh so tell me this, what is your what is your process then for when you're when you're making music? Like are you are you putting all this out fairly quickly does it take a long time to come up um, with it
2: takes me it takes me a while i mean i think yeah. for me it's like when it, some songs you know i have like a very clear idea of what i want to write about um and others they kind of just graduate to that um but i i do like to write with people so i, I i'll write with songwriters um mm. on this album in particular. I wrote with three different songwriters mainly. I, there's a few others that I did like one-offs with, but for the most part I wrote with um, this guy named Faraz, um, this woman named Sherry Short, and um, and then Shep Solomon, who is the person I wrote Vampire Live with. And I tend to, I just do really well with bouncing off of people. I think my strong points would be like lyrics. You know, I love to write my lyrics, um, but my weakest points are finding like top line melodies and, Um, I I, I can find chord progressions that I love and things like that. Sound design is my favorite. I love, you know, being in production and messing, like tinkering around with different sounds. But when it comes to like coming up with melodies, like vocal melodies, it's just, um, I need help with that, you know? And Mm. I'm not too proud to team up with somebody who's, that's their job, you know? And I think the songwriters that I've been able to work with on this album are just like, just straight up magicians. I like, you know, I'll present to them four chords, and then and they just bring it to life in, in a way that you know you'd never imagine. So it's um it's pretty cool. And and you know I became really close with with um with all of them through the process because you know you're writing, you're telling a story together, and it's obviously tied to something that's near and dear to your heart. So it's like, for example, we would always have like a powwow about what I want to write about, and um, you know, I, th- I feel like it brought us close as friends
1: mm-hmm. to
2: that process. It was pretty, it was pretty, pretty cool.
1: Well, if you, if you're, that's a, that right there is something that I think a lot of people don't do is, is set an intention hmm. for what they're going to do. Like talking about what you want to write about, what, how do you want this to feel? You know, they just kind of go into it. Like here's an idea. Here's this and this and this, yeah. but establishing that intention, uh, I think is huge.
0: Yeah. I mean, the
1: outcome for sure. Yeah.
0: yeah.
1: I mean, if you, if you bring four chords and, and jump into a room and go to town, sometimes it'll work. I'm sure possibly, but like having the intent puts everyone in the same mood, everyone in the same mode, um, which lets the, the creative juices flow. Um, So you don't hear like, that's interesting to me, the top line melody thing, because a lot of times people hear those in their head and just get it.
2: I know. Um, I, 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 that part of my brain is broken. <laughs> um, <laughs> I contribute to it. I'm not like, not, you know, writing with them, but it's like, I don't know where to start most of the time when it comes to that.
1: Mm-hmm. Is this something that's gotten no better over the years or is it something no, that's getting better. a little better? At? Okay. So there's. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. But I still love the collaborative
1: experience of that, though, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, there's so much more to it. Some people have yeah. everything at once, but then all that stresses on them too. You know, to create yeah. when they're the main uh, force, the yeah. collaboration is so much stronger. I, I agree with you there for sure. And uh, can you, I want to talk about one song that I that I really love? It's "Vanish."
2: Oh yeah, huh? That was one of the first songs I ever wrote.
1: <laughs> oh my God, Cat. Okay. This song That's there's a such, sad one. You like the
2: sad ones too? I huh? love
1: it. I love it. It's there's such a mo- I I'm just in my head. I'm just like when I'm listening to it, it's so like um there's like a meditative aspect to it. There's like this drone aspect to it. There's like there's there the the space is everywhere, but it's haunting. Like the space okay. is is because it lets your mind wander it doesn't uh, keep it, it puts you in this like it, or puts me in this like trance kind of state where everything just kind of comes in just gently
2: oh thanks yeah that's definitely like a slow burn to that one Oh I, like I, love those, it. I, I i like those dramatic ones you know i feel i feel yeah. like uh, I, like i've i've always been a fan of bands like Cigaros and stuff that have like just these epic builds at, at the end you're just like your mind, you know, is just melting. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, that that was like the most. (laughs) Yeah. I wrote that song with Linda Perry back in the day. And I remember after that, when she was like, I think your genre of music is powerfully pathetic. And I I was like, Oh, I love that.
1: That's It's like, um, there is power to, to, to being vulnerable, I think. Yeah. Well, absolutely. Because everyone can relate to it. Yeah. Even the people that put on a front are vulnerable and it it touches everyone, but, Something about that song, like I played it probably five times in oh, the truck, just you. like driving. Aww. It was nighttime. It was like the, the leaves are, cause this was just the other day, like leaves are falling. Uh, yeah. you know, I've been in Portland, Oregon. So yeah,
2: like, leaves are falling over here too. Yeah, like, yeah.
1: <laughs> It was just, it, it was the perfect thing. I like rolled the window down, it was yeah. freezing cold, but it was just like in this trance. And I'm thinking like how hard, and you talk about the top line melody thing. Yeah. But, like, there's a lot of melody in that song, but it's so subtle. Yeah.
2: You have yeah, to that's like, not like a belting song in any way. No, you yeah. have to
1: earn it. Like you're yeah. earning, finding that resolution of melody. Yeah. And I love that. Like Nick cave does that kind of thing. Like
0: oh, there's yeah, such a, cool.
1: like a, a vibe to it. And I almost feel like it's more difficult to write a song like that. than than one with a lot more going on because it's yeah. definitely vulnerable. And it's definitely uh, just a, a solid vibe. and, Oh, thank you. That, that one stuck out to me in a major way. Um, awesome. And I I wanted to talk about that because on uh, how that yeah. song came about because it was it was so um, it affected me so much. Um, just on a on a human level. Anyways, enough thank enough uh, ass kissing. I
2: guess.
1: <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I, I, nice I, I, job.
0: Yeah.
2: It's funny. It's like 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 w- in my in my lifetime, I've done so many different things. And when I get feedback on like tattooing or the show they watched, or when I had my makeup line or whatever, it's like, those things are cool. But I feel like when people respond to my music, that's the the stuff that like just touches my heart. Like, Oh man, like, you know, there's, I don't have many regrets in life, but I do, I feel like I shouldn't have waited for so long to release music. Um, because it was always the first thing that I wanted to do. But then I got so busy, doing, um, you know, doing the TV shows and then the book tours and then the makeup line, all the stuff that it just, I made work be my main priority and, and I should have done the opposite, but, you know, I think everything happens in the time that it's supposed to happen. So I'm not complaining by any means. I'm just glad I'm finally able to release music. But when people do come to me and respond to certain, um, songs or lyrics, like it's just, um, I feel like we end up having a bond, you know, like, mm-hmm. um, like I was talking to somebody about that. I was like, you know, with, with tattooing, it was cool because you got to impact people's lives or have this like connection to another human being, but it's a, it's a very one-on-one thing. Whereas with music, I feel like you, mm-hmm. you spread like a bigger, you, uh, you cast a, a, a broader net,
1: you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. slash ppp for 30 percent off
3: welcome to us talking about our podcast for a minute what's the name of that podcast that's ax to grind uh and right now you're going to be getting a little a little taste of it right down to the shaky microphone and all <laughs> and my name's bob and my name's patrick and usually we're joined by tom
1: and create unique and exclusive content like our Concerts on the Corner series. Whether you're a fan of the band or just a fan of great music, we think you'll find something you'll enjoy. We
0: can't wait to see you on the Corner of Gray Street.
1: Hey guys, this is Dewey from Peer Pleasure, and I wanted to tell you about Premium Pleasure, our premium subscription service that's available now. Peerpleasure.supportingcast.fm is the website. There's three tiers, tier one, tier two, and tier three. Tier one is $5 a month. It gets you the ad-free experience. Tier two gets you access to the Peer Pleasure Passcast. It gets you access to the videos of the interviews. It gets you merch discounts. Tier three is $20 a month. Um, so being able to give you guys that little bit of extra is a big deal to me and having your support is a big deal to me because if we don't support our artists and creatives we're not going to have any left so i appreciate it Peerpleasure.supportingcast.fm is the website go sign up today and get some of this premium pleasure
2: it's like um i mean i just know it from being a fan of music myself like there are certain songs that are soundtracks to my life, you know, mm-hmm. and, um, you know, there's, you know, the song that you get married to, or, you know, you walk down the aisle or the, you know, the song that you have with your first love, like that kind of stuff. It's like, that's, um, it's such
1: a, I don't know, it's, it's so monumental. Absolutely. It imprints on you. Yeah. Like there's songs I can hear. I say this all the time. There's songs I can hear. I can smell the car I was in. Yeah, totally. I can see the posters on the wall of my room. Like I could tell, yeah, uh, yeah where I was, what I was feeling and how many different emotions I had through the years listening to those songs or, yeah. or it's crazy. It's it's just like a, if you go through your record collection and it's just like sense memories almost yeah. like it's you can literally smell the environment you were in or, yeah. or feel those feelings, you know, when you're ten years old in yeah. your room. Like I think you and I are exactly the same age probably. Like we like the I'm 41. Yeah, um, me too. Oh perfect. So you remember like mixtapes and things like that like yeah. recording the oh, radio yeah. with a cassette uh-huh. or yeah. putting on a VHS and hitting record on like MTV and letting it record yeah. all night and just like making a compilation of your favorite things.
2: We were too poor for M T V, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just, and I remember when like the CDs came out and it was like
1: making mixtapes on CDs and all that. Yeah. Yeah. That was a wonderful time because you had to actually sit through the song. Yeah, yeah. So You had to experience it before the person you gave it to experienced it. Yeah. It was so much more meaningful. I feel like because it totally. took you that time. If you gave yeah. someone an hour and a half long mixtape, you sat there for an hour and a half and thought about that person yeah. instead of just clicking and putting a playlist together. Um, those days I, I reminisce about those days so yeah. much because you had to earn it. You had to discover it. Yeah. And it, you bought a CD for 1799, mm. damn well better like it, you know, and <laughs> spend time with it instead of like, oh, that's garbage. You yeah, know, yeah. Oh, I hate this yeah. song, you know, take it off <laughs> my playlist. You sat with it until you liked it. I mean, yeah. those were the, the, those were the days for sure, because, yeah. uh, I love reminiscing about those times because. There's still labels out there doing just cassettes.
2: Yeah, like that's for sure. I put oh, like my first album on a cassette because just for just for as a collector's item, you know, I don't yeah. even have a tape player anymore, but <laughs> I was like, that's this is cool. I mean, we, we definitely always do vinyl just because I mean I'm a huge vinyl collector. Mm-hmm. So and I always loved like the, the artwork and the intention behind like vinyl layouts, always so cool to me. Like I remember as a kid, I discovered so many bands from just like reading. The thank yous on, mm-hmm. on records, you know. It's like, oh, they're, they're thinking this other weird, obscure band. Let me look <laughs> them up, you know. And,
1: yeah, I love them. that. Was I used to read the liner notes as well, and and uh, like the the like the rockabilia t shirt, um,
0: yeah, ads
1: that were like a full page in the back of the yeah. magazine, yeah. or a t shirt a dude was wearing in a band, or whatever. Like yeah. you're like, wait a minute, I've seen that logo before. That was big, sure. um, yeah, um. Have you, have you checked out the punk rock museum in Vegas yet?
2: No, but I heard about it. I feel like one of my friends was, was there and posted about it on Instagram or something recently.
1: They're doing like tour. I have not been yet. Uh, Fat Mm -hmm. Mike's a buddy of mine and and he, he had this idea to make this museum and he has like other people from bands do that be the tour guides. So what do they they, they have on display? Like everything like there's, they have, so any band can put a flyer in to be on wow. the wall any band it doesn't matter how small or big um can submit flyers and they'll put it on the wall they have like um they have gear set up so like Fletcher from Pennywise his rig set up and you can play it like you don't oh, have to just cool. look at it you can strap it on and play it
0: wow that's um, fun
1: the hosts are different so like they'll have um uh, like Fat, Fat Mac will do like a, a tour, a, a select dates of tours of the museum. And then it's, um you know, uh I've I'm I'm drawn a blank here, but like all sorts of huge punk musicians will do like a week of being the okay. tour guide and they'll tell oh, their cool. story. They'll show their stuff. um uh Like Cheap Trick was sure. there the other day. It's crazy. Okay.
0: That's
1: awesome. Yeah.
2: Is it more like a lot of like more like the new school acts or something, right? What's that? So is it a lot more
1: of the new school acts or? No, it's a lot. It's, it's everything. It's every, cool. but it includes the new school, which is yeah. cool um, awesome. for younger people. But like that whole era, uh, like hardcore and things like that, yeah. like tons of stuff from there, stuff from the clash, like um, the Ramones, like everything is, is, is in there and people donated stuff from all around the world. Oh, people that, that had like uh, Joe Strummer's t-shirt. Yeah. Like, Things like that, that people just had in a box, you know, they put on display there. And it's just this huge, I mean, you can, uh, yeah, you can do all sorts of things there. But I I wasn't sure. Check that out. Because it's it looks pretty awesome. I, yeah. I interviewed a few people from there about it, and it, it seems just like an amazing experience. I just have not been to Vegas since it opened. So yeah, me neither. Um, I haven't been to Vegas in a while. I don't go often. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sober, and I don't. uh yeah, I same. don't. Uh, Vegas is one of the most boring I don't know how to gamble, so I'm like,
0: oh. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't either. Yeah. I just literally just kind of hang out and watch everybody else. It's a good yeah. place to people watch, but. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a cool, a cool thing to check out. I'm sure if you're in that in that area, but um, especially that's music. Cool. I'll, I'll definitely check it out. But um, yeah, this is so um, this record's coming out early first quarter 2024. Yeah. This has been announced, right? Like people know about this as well. Yeah. It's not this isn't like, OK, I want to make yeah. sure this can stay in there. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, sometimes you get email later like, oh, shit, I was supposed to talk about yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but do you have like touring plans set up or anything like that like yeah
2: yeah we hope to tour shortly after we release so probably a summer
1: summer fall tour okay and you have full band because i have not i've not seen you live so like full band uh i guess you probably can't say who you're touring with yet but like yeah we haven't set up the tour yet yeah what bands have you toured with then? like what what kind of acts are you taking with you
2: um, I don't. I mean, I don't know. La- the last little mini tour that we did, we did with my husband's band. He, he's in a band called Prayers. It's like a, you know, a, he's his genre would be considered cholo goth. It's like electronic music, um, but uh, but a lot more aggressive than mine. Um, and I don't know who, who we're gonna take on on the road this year. We're we're not really we're not there yet. We haven't started doing any um, stage design or anything like that.
1: So sure. early works, yeah man i'm stoked to hear the rest of the record because i'm i'm yeah. curious i want I want to hear where this goes because yeah, I, love, sure. I love the other sure. stuff um Thanks. one big thing too i wanted, wanted to talk to you about was was you've got an interesting existence where like you said you did a lot of other things first before music yeah. which was your true mm-hmm. passion yeah but your notoriety comes from being you like you are the the thing right it's not like um like everything you've done has built this, built this. Uh, I don't want to say empire, but like, yeah. You say Kat Bondi, people know who you are. Uh, I work in construction now, uh-huh. and I mentioned they're like, who are you having on this week? And I mentioned, and most people were like, really? Like they that's knew who cool. you were. A lot of times, people have no idea who I'm yeah, talking about. Yeah. <laughs> but that's from doing tattoos and being on TV and doing makeup and doing all these things. Yeah. How does that, I'm trying to think the right way to ask this question. What is that like as far as being the, you know, cause you collaborate with music, you collaborate with yeah. all kinds of things, but
2: well, I think that like a lot of people tend to um, like grow up thinking that you just have to stay in your lane and you can only just do one thing. Right. And although I do think that multitasking is like not, a real thing. I don't think that you can do, you know, three things at the same time and do them all with 100% effort or, or input, but I do think that you can delegate. And I think you can, you can, you can be good at more than one thing. And I always look at Salvador Dali as an example, because, you know, although he's really more, most well-known for his paintings, like he was also a poet and he designed furniture and architecture and jewelry, and he had a makeup line and he even had a cookbook and I think that he's an excellent example of someone, an artist who was able to do things in excellent ways. Um, you know, like not like half-assing anything, but um, but was still like authentic to himself and to what his brand was. You know, um, mm-hmm. uh, he also designed for movies and all kinds of things like that. So I don't, I don't feel like we should be a one-trick chump. I think like most artists, if you have an artistic mindset to begin with, you're going to be inspired to do other things anyway. And so, so yeah, so I've always been like one to promote people trying to do more than just what's expected, you know? And if you, if you're happy just focusing on one thing for the rest of your life, that's cool too. Um, There's nothing wrong with that at all. I just don't think you have to only do one thing.
1: Sure. Sure. But like, but being that person, like with the everything put together, does it get stressful? Like having to, think of the brand and think of think of things like that when you do things or do you even think about that as far as like no, yeah well, I'm gonna mean, put this record it with- out it's gonna sound yeah. like this uh, maybe I should make it sound like this like do those no, no, I never in- I
2: never do that I just I I make things from the standpoint of a fan like I'm a fan I'm mm-hmm. the fan that's waiting in line uh, I'm the fan that buys the tickets I'm the fan that you know wears whatever shoes you know mm-hmm. like I, I want to make things that I personally would be proud of or that I would want to that would fill my heart, you know? So even, even with the music I make, I mean, I make niche music. It's not very mainstream. What I do not, there's no mainstream, like, you know, synthwave bands right now. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and because I just, I just want to make stuff that at the end of the day, when I listen to it, I'm like, okay, this like sets my, my heart on fire. And like, hopefully it does to others too, but if they don't, I'm still going to be proud of it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Have you heard of a band called Vows?
2: yeah they're friends of ours yeah
1: are they okay awesome yeah that band is killer i'm just thinking like in my head like things that i see like going together would be incredible yeah they were
2: they were um they, they played with my husband's band a bunch of times
1: and stuff okay. i think they,
2: they were on tour maybe not with billy Hardell, but with perfect circle or something no, um, they
1: went out with deftones um yeah yeah and i think they
2: did, they did a song with deftones too or, yes. or chino did a song with
1: them. yeah yes chino did a song with them yeah he's he's a good friend of mine he he listens to the podcast and and uh
2: yeah, and I love
1: he, He's got such a, you, you guys know each other.
2: Yeah. Uh-huh. Excellent.
1: Okay, he's going to dig this one then. Cause, uh but the the uh I
2: love I'm a huge fan of Crosses. I mean I love Deftones, but I love oh, Crosses. So good. Yeah.
1: The new record's incredible. Another vibe, like another vibe yeah. guy. He just yeah. creates a vibe. We could be eating a sandwich at a, at a restaurant for lunch and there's a vibe. Just being there. It's hilarious. <laughs> Hilarious! Uh,
2: you, you tell said hello. <laughs>
1: I will. I will. It, it's it's the weirdest thing. Some people just have that thing. You have that thing. Like there's a vibe to you. There's a vibe to you know uh, a select few people. And you guys are both one of. I would love to see you guys together in one space and just That's see what cool. the vibe is because it's just going to be like yeah. magical. But uh, man, well. I really uh, I'm really excited for this new record. Uh, oh, thank you. I really am because.
2: Yeah. And thanks so much for, for, for making the time for me today. It's like, um, of course, I, really
1: appreciate it. I love what you do. And um, I, I, I love all, all that you put out. I appreciate that very much. I really do. And uh, I, I, it's been a pleasure talking to you. And and uh, I was stoked when the email came through. I was like, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Let's do this. Um, awesome. But like I said, like, like, uh, best of luck to you and you. and keep doing what you're doing because you're doing great things and and awesome. uh I love seeing what you're putting out and now I I didn't know a lot about your music until recently and that's yeah. why I'm just still exploring it all oh, and I it's love all it. fresh and so when this we play awesome.
2: live you have to come out and
1: see us absolutely if you're coming through Portland or Seattle anywhere close I'll be there because uh awesome. uh I really want to see it live and uh cool. it's just been a pleasure but Uh, congratulations on the new record. Yeah. Um, and and thank you for taking the time. I really appreciate it. Awesome. All right. I'll talk to you soon. All right, Kat. Bye. Bye. All right, guys. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Kat Von D. What a fascinating individual, uh, multi talented, um, amazing tattoo artist. Um, and one thing you noticed in the beginning there, as we were getting things started, I totally, (laughs) I, I was half right and half wrong. So When I was asking her if she had tattooed Tim Lambesis's leg, that is legitimately the first time I saw L.A. Inc., but it was a different tattoo artist. Kat was just narrating the episode, so that's where I got confused is I remember it being on her show. I just didn't remember if it was her or not, so half right, half wrong, Uh, but check it out. You can check it out on YouTube. It's a cool clip. Um, I think he got like a Jesus playing a a metal guitar, Um, but that was legitimately when I first heard of Kat and what she does and, you know, just peripherally seeing what she was doing in the years to come and then discovering her music. And, uh, yeah. So hopefully you guys enjoyed that. It was super interesting. Uh, it's available on YouTube as well. Um, it was the first time I've ever seen someone with a pet squirrel. I don't think I mentioned it, but the whole time there was a squirrel crawling all over and, and a cat. And it was super interesting <laughs> because, uh, Uh, the squirrel literally came out of nowhere and i have no idea i didn't even ask about it i don't think i don't think i still have asked about it but it's kind of like kept it out of my head but every once in a while the squirrel would keep walking by and crawling all over it was it was hilarious anyways uh cat's fantastic um thanks to bob for for setting this up and reaching out for her um yeah i'm just i'm really uh over overjoyed with how things are going and and just appreciate you guys coming back week after week it's really awesome. So uh, go subscribe to us on YouTube. Head over and give us a rating, or review. If this is your first time listening, tell friends about the show. That's the best way to spread this thing. And uh, we'll keep putting out content. So I really, really appreciate it. Love each and every one of you very much. Have a great week. And as always, we'll see you on the radio.